This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we are talking Cherry. Cherry, Cherry, baby. This is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, as always. This is... Abe, hello. <laughs> Abe down in the doldrums for some reason. Out Now is a Credit film podcast. Card, no problem. Uh, <laughs> so you're just watching Lost in New York? Is that, that's what's going on? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Out Now is a film podcast where Amy and I discuss new movies weekly. We dig into movies via motion spoiler for your review, the occasional commentary track, or some other film movie topic. This episode... 443 443 443 huh that's that's my reply thank you and uh this week we're talking cherry the new film from the russo brothers and joining mm-hmm. us to talk cherry we have uh he's never rude when he robs banks it's former film critic but current film enthusiast aaron think Hello, thank you for having me. Aaron Fink! Whoa, there's two Aarons, what? (laughs) I know, what are we going to say? Double trouble, that's what we're going to say. Double trouble. (laughs) Is this a paragraph situation already? (laughs) Uh, Aaron, good to have you back on the show. Thank you, excited to be back. I can't remember the last time I was here. Sure, you have a mind like a steel trap. Do you remember the last movie I reviewed? Oof, I'm going to say, uh, I know it's probably something like, oh, we need somebody. Hey, what's Aaron doing? <laughs> it's going to, let's see, I can find it. One second. Oh, as, I don't as take up precious time. No, you're not going to oh, take no. It's not time. Lion King, is it? God, that might be it. <laughs> wow. And what a random Only. one that would be. <laughs> That'd be great. I know. Um, I got it right here. Hold on. Let's pull it up. It is Uncut Gems. Oh, that was a great one. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm was, happy you yeah. asked me on that one. Yeah, that was a great one. Uh, yeah, Lion King was before that. So, uh, okay. Yeah. All right. So it's, it's, been, it's, it's been a minute. <laughs> so, good to, so, yeah, good to have you back on the show here. Um, yeah, thanks. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Um I am, you know, working from home, have a relatively new dog that I adopted. She's great. Um, all is well. Can't Good to complain. Hear. Good to hear. All righty. Well, let's, uh, let's get underway with things. We are going to talk Cherry and some other stuff. But before that, let's get to some show notes here. First up, it's been a busy week in the old Out Now studios. Uh, we, uh, not, not only did we have our wonderful Ryan the Last Dragon episode last week, but we also had our bonus nights episode uh talking coming to america uh <laughs> which uh abe and i spent more time than i think we expected on coming to america so feel free to check that one out that's available i think it was an inappropriate amount of time oh i'm not saying it's an inappropriate amount of time i just i just it was it, it went a lot it, because we had so much to say we got in a lot more than i think we had intended uh, but still it's available now you can find that on uh where you can find our show and lastly our new commentary track uh for hannibal the ridley scott hannibal film from 2001 uh, which is 20 years old now. Um, it is it, up now as well. Wow. This, is, this is joining our uh, our our current uh, commentary theme of t- covering all the Hannibal Lecter films. We've talked Manhunter and Silence of the Lambs. Now we talked Hannibal. Next month we'll talk Auteur, Brett Ratner's Red Dragon, and uh, then we'll f- we'll finish that up with, of course, Hannibal Rising, <laughs> uh, everyone's uh, second favorite film in that franchise. Uh, so yeah, uh, we'll uh, <laughs> we have plenty of things coming. 
uh, down the track. But yeah, we got plenty of content available now that just recently, as a matter of fact, you can find all of it over on iTunes, uh, where you can also give us a rating and review, which would be great if you log into iTunes, search for our show out now there in your name. You can find all the content I just mentioned, plus literally hundreds of other episodes uh, currently available all on iTunes. Please give us a rating. Five stars. Thanks. Yeah, it pumps us up in the old uh, iTunes charts. We're, we're, you know, we're really trying to get ahead of uh, Conan O'Brien needs a friend. <laughs> I know it's a lofty goal. I think he's like way past us now. I know it's a lofty goal, Abe. I'm saying this, but <laughs> a little, little spit shine elbow grease and iTunes reviews. I think we can do this thing. <laughs> I mean, remember, like, in, like just like in that one movie, real, real steel. Where a little scrappy robot was able to beat somehow the most, you know, biggest winning robot of all time. <laughs> I think we can do this too. Yeah. To fight, despite the fact that it seems like the laws of physics would specify that that robot can't pull that off, we they, he still did. So it's because he <laughs> believes, and his his dad is Hugh Jackman. And I guess believe Trump's like actual engineering in this scenario, but that's what happens. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> This is the weird grudge I have against Real Steel ten years later. But okay, moving on. <laughs> Great cinematography. It is a nicely shot film. Yeah. Um. All right. What else? That's it for show notes. Let's move on now. Let's get to let's get some out now quickies. Yeah. quickies. Are you saying all of it now? I am like, saying all of it. Okay. All right. Trademark. I, you know, before we do this show, Abe, I spend a good five minutes with, with jaw exercises <laughs> to make sure that I can get all these words out and do it as fast <laughs> as possible. I, you know, Anchorman style, got it. Yeah, I just sitting there talking about the Human Torch robbing, you get denied a bank loan and all that. You know, that's, right. That's how it goes. Uh, Aaron. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> a Human Torch was denied a bank loan. That was a great line. Aaron, what other movies have you seen recently? Uh, that's a good question, Aaron. And, you know, <laughs> I haven't really, let's see what, oh, man, I'm slacking. I, I, I find I was late to the, to the Judas and the Black Messiah train. Um, I did enjoy it. Uh, I watched the Billie Eilish documentary, which I also enjoyed. <laughs> and I don't really want to tell you too much about it, but if you guys are, are like, if you appreciate magic in any way, I would say absolutely 100% watch this. It's super awesome. It's very short with just an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I think it requires your full attention to really appreciate it the most. Um, but everyone I know who's watched it has been like, oh, my God, it's so fantastic. And I agree. Where's that available? That is available on Hulu. That's what I thought. Okay. Oh. Uh, all right. Well, very cool. Uh, Abe, how about you? Have you seen anything else this week? Uh, after watching Cherry, I was like, you know what, I, I gotta, uh, you know, feel a little bit better about myself, so I watched, uh, Coming to America, the first one, <laughs> on, uh, Amazon Prime, and still great. Good to know. <laughs> I mean, I literally, I just, I just watched it fairly recently as well, but yeah, I, I'm happy you enjoyed it. <laughs> so you watch it after you watch the sequel, you're like, alright, let's go back to the beginning. Uh, it's kind of more just like, you know, how can I feel better about myself? Okay. <laughs> Needed to cleanse the palate. Exactly, yeah. For reasons we'll talk about. Well, I've uh, I've seen... Whatever a... could you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I, I've seen a couple things this week. Uh, first up, I'm going to mention Defending Your Life. This movie's it's 30 years old now. It's Albert Brooks's uh, wonderful fantasy comedy. 
Um, I, it's coming out on Criterion, which is why I'm mentioning it. I got the review copy, and years ago I watched this with my dad for the first time. We rented it at a blockbuster, of all places. And um, it quickly became one of my favorite movies, and it's been one of his favorite movies. So now this new Blu-ray came is coming out. It's the first time on Blu-ray, by the way, which I've been waiting for, let alone a Criterion edition, which is awesome. And so my dad and I watched it again. Um, not that I haven't seen it since then, but we watched it again together. And it's just, it's still one of my favorite movies. It is wonderful. Uh, it is such a, it, it's such a funny film for one thing, but also, especially as you get older, there's so much clever stuff done as far as what Albert Brooks, who wrote the film as well, is doing in, in terms of what he's trying to say about life and what he's trying to say about how people should go about their lives as far as getting over fear and whatnot to, you know, not necessarily do more adventurous stuff, but just, you know, take advantage of the opportunities that come to you. And I think there's, I think there, I mean, in addition to being a very funny comedy, a very solid romantic comedy with him and Meryl Streep, uh, it, it just, it's a very, you know, solid life affirming film as well. So I just, I, I'm, I, I, I'm very happy that it's going you know, get, to get this wide release on Criterion, uh, you know, let alone still being available in various places, but it's just a really good movie. So I like talking about, it. um, I also watched city of lies. Do you remember what this movie is guys? Uh, that's one where Nicolas Cage is an angel and uh, uh, Meg Ryan is is a doctor, right? No, that's City of Angels. That's yeah. City of Angels. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the remake of Wings of Desire. Uh, City of Lies is a film that was going to come out in 2019. It stars Johnny Depp and Forrest Whitaker. It is about the investigation of the notorious B.I.G.'s murder. Um, the film was delayed uh, for various reasons, and... The thought at the time was that there was because of a, a lawsuit involving an altercation on the set uh, involving Johnny Depp and like one of the location managers, uh, which I'm sure that could have been a factor. But I think what's more of a factor is the nature of this film and what it's trying to say about the LAPD. Uh, I feel I think there's actual lawsuits that they filed or whatnot that basically got this movie taken off the schedule and it lost this distributor. Now it's that coming the out. The LAPD filed, you mean? Yes, yeah. Because uh-huh. so, they're talking mad, you know what? Yes. On the LAPD, <laughs> I mm-hmm. see. And now the movie is coming out next week, and mm-hmm. I have to say, it's quite good. I was taken aback by how good this movie is. I don't think it's perfect by any means, but I do. Th- I mean, I think the the writing suffers as far as there's some on the nose lines as far as the message is trying to get across. But in terms of what the movie's doing, as far as exploring this. Not only like the you know this unsolved murder of 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 of, uh, of, of Biggie, uh, but the politics of the time and just the nature of unsolved crimes when it comes to certain kinds of people, aka black people, <laughs> and it's it, it's it's compelling it's it's compelling as far as the narrative it presents. Uh, Johnny Depp is actually very good in this movie, I, like regardless of his other issues that are currently uh, you know in the news a lot he he seems to have taken away the like funny hats and mustaches and stuff and just is like giving a lot of like restrained character performances in a lot of films i've seen from him more recently and he's very good in this uh and it's like well this this is i i, I wish there was more of this before when we could have gotten more of these you know good johnny depp performances uh forrest whitaker's good as well because he's forrest whitaker and he tends to be very good in things uh but it, it is a solid film uh that I think it it does a lot of interesting stuff as far as exploring this case and just the the nature of that of nine of ninety seven of that time and why um, things would you know, happen the way they do even if there aren't definitive answers. Um, it's uh, 
it's a good film and and you know it's based on it like these the Depp and Whitaker are playing real people like they're playing it's a true story as far as what they're going for but I uh I I mentioned it because I'm surprised by how good this movie was and it seems more obvious that it's not delayed because of its quality or other things but just the nature of what's going over so city wise good flick <laughs> enjoyed it um all right let's that was on quickies trademark let's uh let's move on now let's get to our trailer talk for the week where we go over one of the newest movie trailers what when it's coming out what we think of it what have you and this week we we're talking thunder force this is the new superhero comedy uh starring melissa mccarthy and octavia spencer once again directed by mccarthy's husband ben falcone who's handled a number of her films and this film is going straight to netflix uh with that in mind aaron let's start with you what do you think of the trailer for thunder force oh jeez, i don't know guys i don't know i mean look on the one hand um i think it's great that that there are that there is going to be a film that i assume will be mostly family friendly that um puts you know women who are not skinny as rails uh on center screen and puts them in a good light you know, and, and makes them role models. Like there's something to be said for that. Um, we do of course need that. Uh, and so maybe it will be fine. I, I, I think that, um, like my fiance would probably watch it, you know, um, I might watch it with her, but I'm not, uh, I wasn't like, Oh, wow. I gotta, I gotta watch that as soon as it comes out. Cause you know, like it's a little silly and, it seems like it's not really meant for my age range anyway. Um, now, that being said, like, I, I think it's interesting that Melissa McCarthy puts that much faith in her husband, and he's proven that he can make films in the past, whether or not they're, <laughs> uh, you know, critically heralded is one thing. But, I mean, they make money, they entertain people, you know, so... Let them do it. I Even guess. saying they make money is a bit of a stretch, but yes, I understand your points. <laughs> well, are they profitable? I guess is my question. Do you? Yeah, know that? that's yeah. They, I mean, You're down the line. Yeah, yeah there, there, no, there's. I think there's only one like flat out bomb, and the other one, Super Intelligence, went straight to HBO Max, so it doesn't really count. But I, I, okay. I know what you're saying. Yes, they're, they're not not making money is the way to put it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Abe, how about you? Where were you, where are you with, with uh, Thunder Force? Yeah, it, it's fine. Like I haven't seen the movie, but it's it's more of it's a Netflix release. We've talked about Netflix re- releases in the past, and and how sometimes I feel about them. Um, but I do root for Ben Falcone and, and Melissa McCarthy as a duo. Um, they have made some hits, maybe maybe one or two hits. But I, I kind of just enjoy that they are making movies together as as a couple, as, as a married couple. Uh, and you know, if Netflix is going to give them the bag, then take the bag and run, man. Uh, as far as like the movie goes, I'd be curious to see how it goes, but I'm not expecting, um, I'm not expecting like something that's going to knock me out of the park. Yeah. There certainly seems to be a camaraderie here because it's not only like Ben Falcone and McCarthy, but like Bonnie, Car- Bobby Carnival in this year. Yeah, Jeff Bateman's here. Bobby Cannavale's been in, I think, all of these at this point. At least he's worked with McCarthy like several times at this point. So it, mm-hmm. I can certainly like I, 
I don't, it's not about credit to the movie, but there always tends to be a, like, well, I like that they all seem to like working with each other aspect of all of this. Like, they got their, they got their day players here. Um, and I wish this would just transfer over to more quality films. Um, and I generally think it's because of Falcone's skills as a director that they don't come together as well as they could. Because I think most of these have solid premises, including this one. I, I just, I haven't really been impressed by the results of these movies. Uh, because these are clearly, you know, there's a lot of funny and talented people in all of these movies. Um, so it's along the lines of, I think, wish it the best, but I'm prepared for the worst. <laughs> it's kind of uh, where I'm more standing with this. That said, I mean, it's a genre that, you know, can very easily be spoofed and what have you. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. And, I, you know, Octavia Spencer is a pretty reliable talent as well. So it's mm-hmm. a, that'll introduce at least some kind of new dynamic. Uh, so we'll see, but uh, yeah, the film Thunder Force arrives on Netflix April 9th this year. So uh, get ready <laughs> for uh, a new kind of superhero. <laughs> Put it in I, your calendars. Would be surprised. Several that. alerts. A version of the tagline. <laughs> Several alerts. Alrighty, let's move on now. Let's get to a different superhero duo, the Russos, of course, the Visionaries, and talk about their new film, <laughs> Cherry. I'm 23 years old, and sometimes I wonder if life was wasted on me. I take all the beautiful things to heart, till I about die from it. If I could save time in a bottle, the first thing... Hey, I'm really happy you're here. Why is that? Because I like you. You're it for me. I feel the same I joined the army. Why would you do that? Sometimes I feel like I've already seen everything that's gonna happen. And it's a nightmare. My one true accomplishment was not dying. I have this noise in my head. It'll stop. One day it'll go quiet. I don't imagine that anyone goes in for a robbery if they're not in some kind of desperation. That should have been some of the trailer for Cherry. After directing two Captain America films and two Avengers movies, with Endgame earning the title of highest-grossing film of all time until the other day when Avatar reclaimed that title thanks to a re-release in China, Anthony and Joe Russo decided their next project should be something decidedly smaller. They acquired Nico Walker's memoir, Cherry, which focuses on an unnamed lead, played by Tom Holland in this film. This young man, who we can just refer to as Cherry, drops out of college to join the army after being dumped by his girlfriend, Emily, played by Ciara Bravo. That said, after returning from a tour in Iraq and reuniting with Emily, Cherry's life spirals into drugs and crime as he struggles to deal with his PTSD and addiction issues. Aaron... Were the Russos able to do something interesting with their smaller project? <laughs> Are you just waking up right now? I can't tell. No, that's 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 my general groan of displeasure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, listen, I I already know how Aaron feels because I follow him on Letterbox, and I assume <laughs> Abe's not going to be a whole lot. So here's the thing. 
I gave it a three out of five. Uh, I know that is not what you gave it, Mr. Newarth. And <laughs> I, and, uh, and uh, quite simply, I don't think it's particularly good. Um, I think that there's a lot more wrong with it than there is right with it. Now, that being said, like, I, I like some of the directorial flourishes. Uh, I don't think that means that they're good directors. I think that they know how to create very nice looking um, tableaus. They have a good understanding of mise-en-scene. Um, and I, I'd be lying if I said that like the horrific stuff isn't horrific um, and, and won't stick with me forever. And, and I will also say <clears throat> um, I have a personal uh, emotional investment in, you know, like, opioid addiction stories um okay. not that i had a problem but some someone i know has had serious problems so my review will probably be a little, little colored in that sense because like i the movie is really good at making you feel uncomfortable and i hope that we can all agree on that sometimes the uncomfortability is on purpose and sometimes it, i don't think it is um but i but i think that like it's it's not a perfect film at all I would probably never watch it again, um, mostly due to like its length and its structure. Um, I, I found it really, really strange. Like from a writing perspective, I kind of, I really enjoyed the beginning. I enjoyed the writing of, of the, the dialogue. Um, but then, you know, as, as the story went on, it became more and more predictable to me in terms of plot and then I guess also in terms of character arc and like, you know, the longer the movie played out, I was like, all right, here we go. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. And even still, like, I actually hadn't seen a trailer. I didn't even know that he was going to be addicted to heroin. Uh, sorry, I guess that is a spoiler. <laughs> That's not a spoiler. <laughs> can... That's the movie. Um, <laughs> but uh, I actually didn't know that part. Um, so, you know, but, but once it all kind of, reveals itself there's nothing new or exciting about that movie um i think i you know i feel bad because like i have enjoyed all their marvel movies um i enjoyed the episodes of community they directed and wrote and you know like they've the russo brothers have come from good stock so it seemed i think maybe they just i don't know i don't know um it's just it's just disappointing overall, I would say. But again, I think I'm the one out of the three who likes it the most, and uh, this sucks that I have to defend this movie right now. <laughs> well, let, let's see, Abe. I mean, you gave us a preview a little bit earlier. What, what did you think of Cherry? Oh, Cherry? Uh, you know, I, I think I want to bring up one point, which is I didn't realize that it was like an opioid addiction movie either. Um, and... I remember that Aaron and I were talking about the run length last week when he's like, hey, you know, we're going to talk about Cherry. I was like, OK, this sounds great. And he's like, be prepared for two and a half hours. And I was like, excuse me. Uh, and uh, I, I found this movie to be. I think vapid is the word that I would look that I would use. Uh, it's a fairly vapid movie about all the subject matter that it's talking about, that it's trying to get across to you about everything. Um, I think that there are other movies that have been made about these subjects that are probably far better um, in what they're trying to come across because they're probably focused 
and they also have a stronger point to make. And so when I'm seeing um, title cards also with epilogue or with prologue, and it kind of freaks me out a little bit, but it, you know, I I understand that it's also adapted from a book, uh, so it's probably just the way that they want to structure it. I think what doesn't really work here is that I'm supposed to believe that Tom Holland is supposed to cross this time path of seems like uh, five years, six years, seven years. I don't know the time length. I, I'm sure that it's, I think it's like a the decade, movie, but I but I didn't just like, yeah, I didn't do the math on it. So I think that by the end, it's yeah, it's a it's a lot. But I, the main meat of the story, I would say, is probably five years. Yeah, probably yeah. It's five years. Yeah. So that that part is OK, because Tom Holland is looking OK for 23 to 28. But then beyond that, it, it kind of like looks a little bit weird because uh they just like put a mustache on him not that it looks weird just i don't think it really works but no that uh, shit was done oh sorry that <laughs> stuff is done <laughs> no hit it but i i think the other part about this is that it is very like we talked about the trailer like maybe like a month ago or something like that but yeah. I, I think we all remarked that oh yeah there, it looks like there's some really interesting shots in here and I'd say that it is very artistic in that sense. And I really got to like when I first started watching, I was like, what is the, like, why are the Russos trying to like do like this Nicholas winning reference slash like maybe Gus Van Sant slash like Terrence Malick type movie. Uh, and well, Newton Thomas Siegel, it's a, it's a reference right there. That's yeah. their dude, yeah. <laughs> but I, I think that it, it's kind of one of those things where it just felt totally different uh, as I kept going through the movie of like, is this like a dark comedy? Cause I like some of the lines that they, they say here because to Aaron Fink's point, there is some clever writing, I think early on. Um, but beyond that, I, I just didn't really feel, feel as though it was trying to get, or its message came across to me. Um, and it actually took me a while to like figure out what that message was. Uh, maybe like even post movie. So it's never a great sign when I'm just like, WTF was this movie. Like, what were you trying to make? Like, what, what, you as the Russo brothers, like, what were you, what was, what was like your stamp here? You know what I mean? Like, what were you trying to like convey to me that was going to be as powerful? And if your answer, like not you guys here, but if your answer is, well, you know, they're trying to show me how drug addiction ruins your lives in Ohio. Okay. Well, uh, this is a very difficult story to tell because I didn't really get that sense because there's so much here that I think, there, there are no consequences to Tom Holland's actions. Like, and you might be thinking, well, there are. Like, you know, there's things that happen. It's like, no. When you think about it, it's like this character kind of escapes wholly unscathed from a lot of the things that they are doing. Um, and because of that, because of like its superficialness of what it's trying to, uh, what it has to go through, um, it doesn't really give you that sense of like, oh, this guy's gone through like the shit, you know? Um, because I, I honestly didn't like that it was I, I just didn't like that it was so long and it felt meandering at times and it felt as though they were talking about things that didn't make um Abe, they had nothing to say. Yeah. They had yeah, nothing it, to say like, and they thought that they did, honestly. Yeah, that's kinda how I feel too. But at the same time, like I was like I honestly was holding out for hope. This is a, a, a sincere uh, aspiration that they were saying that they were making a joke. Like, this is a joke F.U. movie to all the movies that tried to be like this. Um, 
And I was hoping for that like all all the way to the end because again, I didn't know what they were making until I I read afterward and I was like, oh okay, got it. That's it's based on this guy's memoir and also about the the drug abuse uh, and opioid addiction and PTSD of people that come back from from war and also again in Ohio. But I was like, oh, I was hoping that it was like a joke because like, oh, these are these are how these movies always feel. And I this see what is you're like saying. our, you're, you're our like big str- fu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the Russo brothers would be like, "This is how stupid some like of these it. movies are." That's actually. Yeah. I mean, I just sorry, dude, but it's no, no, no. Go ahead. The the idea of like a very dry satire of this kind of movie. That's actually that that'd be an interesting approach to something like this. This is not what that movie is, but I the, oh. <laughs> the, you you sitting there thinking that clearly there's like another shoe going to drop. That's going to be like, yeah, see, see what we're doing here. Like that, that, <laughs> that interests me more than a lot of what happened. Jerry. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry. Were you, were you, were you doing no, 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 that's pretty much it. Yeah. I was I, kind um, of starting to like get into further details. Okay. So real quick, um, I feel like, th- I mean, first off it stinks. Uh, this, is, this is a bad movie. <laughs> but, um, I, I feel like this is, this is the Russos like seeing their name come up as the visionary Russos when they're producing all these other movies of recent years and being like, I guess we got to make a movie to justify us being called visionaries uh, because that's what this comes across. Like it feels like a desperate move to be like, guys, I mean, I know we made our superhero movies, but also we're, you know, we're really, we're great. We're amazing. Look, look at this thing we're tackling. Look how extreme it is. Look at all the camera choices we made. Look at all the aspect ratios we changed. Look at, look at all this stuff. Look at, look how, look how, look how much we packed into this thing. I, it, but it's just, it's a mess. It's a mess of a movie. And I, I, I agree with Eric. Like, I, I do think the Russes are quite talented. You don't make those movies that they made, let alone my favorite movie of theirs, Welcome to Collinwood, uh, their first movie. Uh, you don't, you don't make all of these films because you're not talented. Like, they, they know how to make movies and they are good at doing very specific things. But this pivot to a crime drama that's, you know, is very serious, despite like moments of levity or at least, dry comedy it just it didn't come together very well and i'm not i i'd like to think it's kind of a writing thing but no it's because of all of these they they you know they looked at their choices and said yes uh as far as like how to direct this movie because it just it is so scattered as far as everything it's trying to accomplish with it's you know various uh, stylistic uh, changes throughout the film that never really feel motivated by what's actually happening on screen. It just seems like, okay, now we're in this section, so we'll go to a boxy format. Now we're uh, going to show some heroin scenes, so let's do the train spotting thing and get the close-ups in and get the you know intense shots and whatnot. And now we're showing somebody's mind, so I guess we'll like have intense focus and drain the color out. Uh, now we're going to break the fourth wall for a while. We'll stop that, though. Now we're going to add narration, but we'll not have that for a while. Like, it's just, there's everything. Everything is in this movie. And... I, there's a way to make that work. I can think of like Tony Scott, for example, of all people, as far as like, yeah, it'll just go to the go to the go to the far end and see how it comes out, and you can somehow pull it off. But this movie, yeah, the fact that it doesn't have much to say beyond the very you know surface level versions of you know why things are good or bad, like that does not help. That does not help in a two and a half hour movie where you're thinking that you might get something out of it. I. Of course, not, you know, I'm not going to diminish anyone's appreciation that is suffering through similar situations and that could watch something like this and, like, relate to it in some way. But as far as a feature film goes, it's just there's not a lot here that justifies, you know, this runtime, this direction, and honestly, these performances. Like, Tom Holland is, 
you know, no one's going to say he's not acting his ass off, but I, I don't know if he's just not right for this part or he's just not like being pushed in the right directions, but he, it, what he's doing is not conveying the things that I think the movie needs him to convey in order to get across anything significant in the messaging. A, like the one of the kind best of felt like that. Mm-hmm. That was like the more the movie went on, the less his care, the less his acting felt true and realistic. I, don't I know agree. If, I agree. Cause yeah, because he starts off and it's like, all right, it's Tom Holland. He's doing his thing, but like as he becomes like this other per- part of it's because Cherry, who doesn't have a name, but just called Jerry. I mean, he's not much of a character. <laughs> like he just he does things based on right. what the story is telling him to do. Yeah, uh, but real quick, because uh, I'll wrap up that thought. But the best example I had, as far as what this movie's like, it feels like when Michael Bay did Pain and Gain, but it, but where Michael Bay just seemed to want to make like a fun comedy that is like inspired by his love for the Coen Brothers. I feel like the Russos think that they're doing something for a good cause here, uh, and it just it doesn't it doesn't feel substantial enough to like have anything going for it beyond see we made that, and you know it's important. And that's the end of the sentence. Yeah. Like, yeah. it just doesn't well, really have anything. I mean, you know, no, I don't think anyone can disagree that, like, oh, well, at least in my opinion, I would say the depiction of them when they are addicts is probably very accurate, you sure. know? Sure, sure. Um, so from, like, an authenticity perspective, I'm sure, like, you know, well, yeah, it's that horrible. Um, but, but what does that really – A, how does that help people who are suffering through that also – and then B, how does that bring audiences who who don't have anything to do with that to a place where they feel a need to take action to help with this problem? That mm-hmm. that's the real thing. That, in my opinion, if you're gonna make a movie that you want to actually impact people, those are the questions that you have to answer. I agree, and I so I watched Train Spotting this past week, and obviously, you know, that's a modern classic in my eyes and i think the eyes of many Mm -hmm. so it's like bringing that to the discussion of a movie that's you know not that level yeah that's a bit of an unfair advantage at the same time though what i think just on the heroin front what i think that movie does well is in addition to having its kinetic direction it makes the addiction and the results of it you know something out of a horror movie as far as what you're seeing i think cherry has too much you know quote-unquote cool stuff happening around these scenes to really make it register as something that we really need to look into or something that, you know, matters more as far as like how far your mind is going to take this. It, really, you're just looking at two people that like are really in a, really in a bad situation here. And yes, yeah. it's, and it's, ha- other, it's handled, yeah. it's a handle of a level of authenticity. I agree with you there. And like no one, I don't think the movie's like speaking up for like, Hey, you know, maybe dabble in this. Like, it's not like championing this in any way, but I, I sure. don't think it's doing much else as far as like, what else do we say about this? Yeah, right. and not to mention Train Spotting. How old is that movie? Right, it's like 20, 25 13? years, twenty five oh, years wow. old. It's ninety six. For a long time. Ago. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a long time. So the other thing I think that's super important, which I I think one of, if not both of you mentioned, is that this is doing what has been done before, right? Like, yeah. I think I Abe, think... you even said the Train Spotting, like coverage or maybe that was you Aaron. i mentioned but, that yeah it's always like the yeah, close-up yeah. on the spoon so, the melting of the thing right like, yeah. <laughs> so this has all been done before and that's the important thing to note as well as like if you hit it you hit the nail on the head it feels like they decided to take the cool parts of all of their favorite things from the last 30 40 years and put them into this movie 
And they thought that by doing that, that would make them appear innovative when in fact yeah. they, they put so little thought into each of these little pieces that it just feels like a horrible mishmash. Well, that, that's kind of like where, again, I kept on hoping like, oh, well, like, I don't, the Roosters are a funny duo. Like they've made community, they've made episodes of like um, happy endings and et cetera. It's like, oh, I'm pretty sure that there's going to be like this, this satire element, right? They, and, had that, uh, they had that scene where Thor chopped Thanos' head off. Just classic cut-ups. Classic, <laughs> yeah. You know, this bl- the blood spills on Gamora's face. I'm sorry, not Gamora. Uh, is it Gamora? No, no, no. Nebula, Nebula. thank you. One of, one of those Important detail, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but I, I think the other thing about this is what I was going back to last time or what I said earlier, there's like hardly any consequences because I, yes, the drug addiction is terrible. And to Fink's point, it's like, what are you telling me about this? Because her parents are like, Hey, you got to leave this, this, uh, girl alone here. Uh, and then she also like goes to rehab. It's like, no, I'm just going to like keep ruining her life. Uh, and it's like, I don't like that message, but I also I focused a lot on like the army or the yeah the army stuff, um and I they gloss over Aaron you mentioned Aaron Fink mentioned you know the horrific stuff that you see here is is not like it's not gonna stay with me kind of thing you know there is horrific stuff there there are things that people have done uh overseas when serving the military that do cause PTSD disorders, right? And I agree that there's just nothing here that makes me think, oh, well, I get it. You know, like, yes, I get it. But also, like, when Jeremy Renner has, like, the... Uh, Hold down. When he's got to figure out where a bomb is, like, uh, in one scene of... of um, Hurt Locker. Hurt Locker that involves somebody that he knows, it's like, this is this is tough to watch and kind of, like, makes me doesn't want to rewatch this movie. But also... Man, like he's really devoted to to what he's doing here. So I, the the, the stuff that they're saying about the military and the stuff that they're, um, that he finally figures out about the military, is that in itself is its own movie because we've seen the stuff like Jarhead and we've seen stuff like, um, to some degree Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk, like Full and Metal Jacket or like you know you're full mentioning, metal jacket, you're mentioning right? this like that. That sequence feels both the most compelling and the least con- consequential as far as, like, I- I'm really intrigued yeah. by his journey here, but the results of it, you're right. Like, it does feel not necessarily skimmed over because it takes, like, a chunk of the runtime. It takes but, a chunk of but the it, movie. But it doesn't yeah. – given – I think it's more of how messy this movie is. Given, you know, where we go from there, it almost feels like an yeah. afterthought as far as how much of an impact that leaves on me as a viewer when looking at right. the movie as a whole. Right, cover. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 I mean, look, I I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate right now. I think that the most the the stuff that I found the most um, effed up and like the stuff that I will remember is the the you know him him over in the Middle East and ex- explicitly that you know that extra horrific thing and what yeah. what he needed to do after it. I mean that mm-hmm. that in and of itself like justifies why he has PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like I I did sympathize for him and I understood, I think the problem was that you very quickly lose sympathy for him because um, the movie doesn't take time to explain how he's really feeling. It was just like, you know, I couldn't sleep and, and this and that. And then all of a sudden you start to see him drinking, you know, and, and so then it becomes an addiction movie right Mm -hmm. um it's not about the ptsd anymore 
up until that point, I was like, oh man, this is super compelling. And like, yeah, I totally, if I was him, holy crap, I would absolutely be mm-hmm. scarred for life if I saw what he saw and mm-hmm. had to do what he had to do. Um, I, I could absolutely sympathize with him in that moment. But then, as you both have said, the movie is not that movie. After like 10, 20 minutes after he gets home, 10 minutes after he gets back to the to the States, it's and not that, the same movie anymore. And that, once again, I think goes to the lack of a character for him. He functions based off what the movie needs him to do as opposed to, you know, something that feels more organic or at least related to tied into who is Cherry? Who is this guy? And I, I just I don't think we're getting a lot of that. And I don't think it's necessarily Tom Holland's fault. I think he's being told what to do and he's doing what's right. asked of him. Yeah. But I think it's a mix of, I mean, yeah, a lack of better writing to justify the actions of this character. And also, not to hold it against him, but, like, Tom Holland looks rather boyish. And it like I right. feel like that impacts, like, how I'm supposed to take away a lot from this character as well. Well, certainly toward the end. I mean, toward the, but, I mean that's, that's, that feels, that's like Harry Potter part two. No, you're um, right, though, because, like, the yeah. boyish nature helps when he's facing horrors. Like, it sure. helps to sympathize, right? But mm-hmm. it doesn't. Not so much when it's like you're going the addiction angle and he's, you know, all strung out and it's like, is this like a 12 year old boy strung out on heroin? Because it it feel it starts to feel and it's I'm not saying it's impossible for that to be a thing. I'm very sure it is. Possible. I mean, I'm I'm not very yeah, sure. Of I know it's I know it's a thing. I know that there are very young and not people to that are. It. I don't mean to minimize that. I know. I, I, I don't. Sorry. And we're not doing that. But I I mean I. Yes, there are very people. There are young people that are addicts or in life of crime, and that's unfortunate. That said. You know, watching Tom Holland be this criminal guy, it just never really registers as much beyond like I'm I'm acting a lot now, so you can not just not necessarily win awards, but just see me in a see me as something beyond Spider-Man, see me as something beyond the thing that you recognize me as. Know that I'm an actor. Uh, I and I don't I don't think this is a vanity project for Tom Holland, but I I get that the Russos, I guess, clearly liked working with him on the Avengers films. And they're like, let's put him in a movie. And they did. But it's just there's 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 too little going on for his character and too many like shifts in what he goes through for me to just feel like Tom Holland is the, you know, the next best thing here. He gave a for effort. (laughs) He put it he put in the effort. But it's just I think it goes back to motivation. Right. I Uh mean, once he becomes an addict, everything he ever does is just to score again. And that I'm sad to say it and I don't I don't mean any offense but that's a boring motivation we've seen that a bajillion times before so if you're not gonna add some extra layer of complication just from like a storytelling perspective Mm -hmm. then you're really gonna lose I mean the movie had me for a while it really did um and when I started to when it started to lose me is when I was like, eh, you know, okay. I mean, now I'm we're really dipping into familiar territory. Like, it gets repetitive. Who's, who's gonna die? You know, who's gonna OD? Who's gonna this that? When's he gonna go to, you know, pay for his uh his crimes? I mean, like, nothing new at all. It it gets repetitive. That's the other thing. Like, yes, the you know, for being almost two and a half hours, it moves pretty well for that first part up until like when he gets out of the military, and then once he's you know. In the when we're in like the drug section of the film, I I'm sorry I forget which title card comes up to get it because there's title cards in this movie. I forget which chapter we're in, uh, but you know there's only so like you're saying there's only so much you really need to see if you're gonna show this kind of thing, and yet they keep doing it over and over again to be like drugs, hi, rob a bank, drugs, hi, rob a bank, drama, drama, drama. Like it's just if you're not like you're saying if you're not showing me anything new, 
I there's not much I can really work with here as a viewer to like feel all that compelled by what's going on because I'm just seeing the same thing over and over again until you know it stops for whatever reason whether he gets caught or shot or arrested or whatever like it's it's going down this inevitable path and just taking a long route to get there and that long route isn't all that interesting to begin with right. so it's like okay like, what? Plus, use all the devices you guys started using in the beginning of the film. Yeah, they like, just got to drop. Right. <laughs> yeah. Those helped to, to propel the story forward, and and yeah, they. Well, at least they like just, kept it interesting, right? It's just like, oh, cool, he's gonna like break early the on, yeah. again and yeah. tell me about hey, how he felt that first first bank robbery, like you know, like we definitely there are really charming elements again directorial elements, I guess. Um in the first half or the first third of this movie. And it really just comes down to, I think you guys summed it up best, which is like, Hey, we thought that this was going to be a cool movie, but the thing is like, you guys, you guys need an editor or you guys need like, uh, somebody who, who better, um, adapted this book. I don't know. Like, why did you guys want to make that? It's like, Oh, it's supposed to span and it's supposed to be epic. It's like, it's not. And it's actually terrible. And I feel bad because again, everything here is not, is nothing to joke about. But there's nothing that you're telling me because I again I keep going back to this consequences thing not not to cut you off Aaron Fink but I keep on going back to this consequences thing because I keep on thinking to myself when he he decides to like leave his girlfriend because he she's gonna go no 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 she leaves him program. yeah 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 she well she leaves him and then he's like oh okay, you mean well, later on okay I'm sorry military. I'm sorry yeah you know but the other part about this is like I just don't like. This spiral, this downward spiral of events was caused by what specifically? And then there's just, you guys were talking about bank robberies here just a second ago. It's like, he gets away with all of them. He doesn't cover his face. He doesn't give a shit. And finally, he's like, I've had enough. And so I'll I'll be the one that turns myself in because I think my life needs reform. You know, it's like, I... The willpower for for somebody to find out about themselves, like these things uh, that are difficult in nature to to fully understand, because the 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 um, satisfaction of it is so great, is very difficult, and so it it becomes very it just doesn't justify any of the actions or the rest of the movie, and it, it becomes unfortunate. I so forgot, I, I forgot this thing too, Abe, because you brought this up as far as the kind of there could be a way to do this as a not a laugh but like as a as sort a, of like as a satire of these right. kinds of movies the movie isn't against this because it does have things like like what the shitty bank and the what's the other one like the little signs that they do yeah i know Cap- I capitalist that capitalist right. bank or something like that like every it, single bank is a funny name it's, yeah yeah it, so and it's like, like there's it's tra- like the bank there's there's yeah. traces of this in there as far as it's trying to say something and that's why i look at this and think i feel like the russo's feel like they did something important i feel like they feel like they were able to spotlight issues with america and things that it's not dealing with as far as the opioid crisis and uh, economic downturn in certain areas of the of the country and whatnot i feel like they think that they've done their job as far as you know putting out a message and the, I, the key problem i think we're all saying is they didn't do that they just made this thing okay. that seems like it's more important than it really is and that's a huge problem if you're going to make a movie that's trying to leave a stamp as far as both visionary directors and one that's an important film and you've accomplished neither that's that's kind of where i'm at here pretty much yeah again i i think we're all 
Well, let's, I mean, we, yeah, so let's say some good things, because, Aaron, you did, you know, for one thing, more or less like this movie, but also I don't think this movie's, you know, devoid of good things. Let's let's talk about a couple of the good things that came out of this thing. Let's start with you, Aaron. (laughs) Well, um, I mean, look, like I said before, I think um, the scenes in, I don't know if he went to Afghanistan or Iraq, but either way, when he was over in the Middle East, I thought there were certain sequences that were pretty compelling. Um, I think Tom Holland does a pretty good job for the most part um, until it gets a little ridiculous. And then, like you all said, what can he really do except keep committing and do what his directors ask of him? Um, You know, as we said before, I think some of the stylistic stuff is cool. Um, They... They really love uh, golden hour shots. Yep. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a lot of those. And so like by the third or fourth one, I was like, all right, guys, you know, OK, <laughs> I know it's pretty. But like, how how is it that you're, you it's it's happening so much that you're taking me out? You're you're breaking my suspension of disbelief because I'm like, man, you guys just really wanted to shoot stuff like when the sun is setting or rising. Um yeah, I don't know. I look, I did I gave it a three out of five, but but to be fair, my three out of five is like this was a slightly above average film. Mm-hmm. Um and, and and so yeah, that's that's where I'll leave it at. I um I do I do admire like what they're trying to do from the the outset, I just wish it carried forward because like yes, they're making lots of choices and Newton Thomas Siegel like he's not doing a bad job as far as this movie looks good for the most part. He just got a, what, an American Cinematographer Association-like nomination. And, okay. Like, I mean, yes, there, there are, he knows how to use a camera. Like, no one's denying that. He's been doing that for decades at this point. Right. Um, you do have that wonderful shot of, like, what is it, what if we took a camera and put it, you know, inside... Tom Holland's anus and shot it out that way, and it's like, okay, that's that's a choice. <laughs> oh, that was real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, why not? <laughs> well, let's just wow. start, let's start that way. It was, it was real. Really committed. Commitment. Uh, but that commitment just, to the craft. That gave me this like Breaking Bad vibe. Is like, well, we have small cameras. Let's just put them anywhere. Like, <laughs> like well, they took that to heart. Um, was there a lot of red in this? Because it's called Cherry. Was there a lot of, like, I, I'm trying to remember if there was a lot of, like, notable well, like, red so in this Well, so th- this is another thread that barely got pulled on in uh-huh. the beginning. Yeah. Um, you know, th- in all the chapter uh, headings, they were they start out red, and then also he's colorblind. So, like, they never e- even really explain what kind of colorblind he is. But I think there's one moment when he first takes ecstasy where, like, I was like, why does everything look so weird, like, color-wise? And then they revealed that he's colorblind, and I was like, oh, that was a cool choice, and then never, never discuss it That's <laughs> never that, Hence again. my confusion, because it's like, okay, they did try that, and then it just kind of dropped. So that's, and I'm, we're trying to talk about positive things, but that's the thing, like, I, the movie's basically front-loaded, I guess, as far as there's good stuff there, as far as things Super to establish. Front-loaded. There's things to establish that, like, get you in a certain mode, is like, okay, there's going to be this kind of movie, we're going to have, you know the broken fourth wall and whatnot, and it's going to carry over. And it just kind of doesn't after a while. It's like, all right, things get bleaker. So you become less enamored with the like weird choices you're making. I don't, I don't know, but regardless, yes. I mean, they, 
the Russo certainly wanted to experiment, and they yes, the yeah, stuff yeah. early on I think worked in that regard. I just wish it you know held held yeah, on longer. A, any positives you want to note? Yeah, the score is actually pretty decent. Um, like especially like um, uh, toward the end there where it starts to kick into much higher gear. Henry Jackman um, did the score. Henry Jackman, yeah. But um, no, I mean like yes, some technical elements of it work. But a lot of it doesn't, and so that's why it's like it, it kind of becomes repetitive, because uh, they're not in many settings. They're they're kind of just like at the house or in a car, or um, at a bank. Yeah, at a shitty bank, right? So it's like you know, like the location scouting here isn't all that difficult to do. So um, the other thing you said, yeah, the positives are that that there are some cool, like he even does like they even do like some interesting editing or aspect ratios with like um, their lenses when he first meets his future wife. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, like it just, the rest of the movie is just not very good. So it really takes me out of it. Were there and, any other like, characters that stood out to you? Honestly, uh, yes, but also at the same time, no, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, I get that he's friends with like, some lovable fuck up kind of guys, mm-hmm. but I also got super frustrated at one scene in the movie because I was like, "Fuck this guy." Um, <laughs> I thought I, I thought you were cool, uh, and I'm not I'm talking about like a bank scene part. I'm talking about like a getaway part, and I was like, "This like when did you become so thoughtful, guy?" Um, and I just got mad at the movie even more. Aaron, how about you? Did any other other actors stand out at all? I think the actors stood out um but i don't think that the characters did they they all were very surface level sadly um you know it it, it definitely was not trying to be an ensemble film though um yeah i mean they gave they they gave his wife so little to work with Mm -hmm. um it's really just it was just yeah it's disappointing uh character development to be honest Mm -hmm. I would agree, just because, yeah, I, I agree with you as far as, like, yeah, the actors are certainly doing their job, but it's not occurring to me anything that stands out right now, so. Um, yeah, I mean, it well, is like, the, it, yeah, you're coke, right. It, coke it, and it, pills, it's like, oh, it's the guy from Midsommar being a dick again, cool. <laughs> <laughs> but wearing re- wearing really cool hats. <laughs> right. Like, and, 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 that's and, all two, and two pop collared shirts. I mean, so there's a little right. there's a little effort there. <laughs> Definitely 2005. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah. So it, it, I, again, like Jack Rayner, I love seeing Jack Rayner in movies. Uh, whenever he shows up, I'm just like, hey, cool. The guy from um, from uh, uh, fuck, I can't remember the Irish movie. <laughs> Sing like, Street. Learn how to drive. Yeah, Sing Street. It's like, thanks. Yeah. The guy from Sing Street. But, you know. He has little to do in here. So. All right. Um, anything else on Cherry? I think we've talked. <laughs> I think go, we pretty much covered our exact time. other movies. That's my that's my largest takeaway. Yeah, go, honestly. Other ones that are shorter, that are a little bit more to the point, and will hit you harder uh, in terms of what they're trying to come across so, uh, with their message. So this film came out in theaters a few weeks back, limited release, and now it's on oh. Apple TV+. Plus. When, when should people go and see this? Should they be racing out to Apple TV Plus? I, Abe, it sounds like a no from you, but like, should they be putting it on their queue or what? What should we do here? Uh, I I don't think that you need to run out to see this movie. Um, I know that it's on exclusive Apple TV Plus right now, and if it's if it's only there, then 
I honestly don't think that you need to spend five bucks for a subscription to go see it. Um, I I just think that it works better as a different type of movie. So uh, I I wouldn't really recommend it. Like on our old scale, this would be like maybe like a cable TV movie, like on TNT with uh, commercials. Aaron, how about you? Uh, yeah, don't watch this. I mean, if you <laughs> if if you really want to watch this and you don't have Apple TV Plus, um, I would say that Apple TV Plus in general, I think, is worth it. Um, I agree. Just based off of the other stuff I've seen. So, so I guess I would say sign up, and if you really want to watch it, watch it. But just just prepare yourself to to not be blown away. Um, I guess prepare yourself to be let down. I I I, I don't know. I'm not gonna recommend this to people. Um, well, you, you said you said you watched the Billie Eilish doc, which I believe is also two hours and twenty minutes. Which is which is the one you're choosing in this scenario? <laughs> it's 100. And I, it's ridiculous that I'm saying this, but the Billie Eilish doc was way more interesting than this movie. Way more interesting. And I'm not a Billie Eilish fan per se. I I I like her more now that I've seen the documentary, but just more interesting to. And she's like, first of all, she's a real person. <laughs> Second of all, right. uh, she she's like super, she's like hyper intelligent and intuitive, and her, you know, she's super real and down to earth, and like is just a teenager like everyone else. But then she's also a mega super famous pop star. It's just, mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought it was far more interesting, a lot more to unpack, especially if you don't know a lot about her. Yeah. Aaron Fink, I, I also watched like a four minute commercial and uh, that brought me into tears. So that's, you know, that's better than this movie. Yeah. So, yeah, I um, I mean, it's the kind of thing where it's like, well, if you have it, if you have Apple TV, then I guess there's a curiosity here. But I mean, no, this is not a priority by any means for me. It's yeah. which is a shame because, I mean, generally, I like the Russos. I like what they've done and I want to see them succeed. And I like Tom Holland. He seems like a, you know, a capable guy. Um, but Fun dude. but the, yeah, but this uh, this collaboration was not very worthwhile, so I, I wouldn't uh, race I out. I wouldn't race out to uh, have a, a Shirley Temple here. Probably stick with uh, something else. Uh, to go. To go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what a weird choice, Jared Leto. <laughs> I bet you that was ad libbed. Well, we'll see. We'll see tomorrow <laughs> if they pay, if he gives them uh, that Oscar nom gold. But uh, <laughs> all right. That's been our review for Cherry. Let's uh, let's move on now. Abe, what uh, what time is it here? Aaron, I think it's time for a quick game here. Okay, you're really composing songs now, and it's actually really wow, it's really excessive. nice. Yeah, Even it's I know really that. Nice. I was like, you're not just like finger keyboarding the uh, the xylophone anymore. You're actually like, oh, thoughtfully. This one sounds good. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going for that that podcast Grammy, guys. What can I tell you? The podcast <laughs> I'm going to see where yeah. this takes me. Yeah, the Pammy. <laughs> the Pammy. I like it. Uh, well, I've got a couple games for you guys here. One of them is called uh, Top Ten. This is a game where I will name the first ten folks in an IMDb. Uh, and if you guys know the actors that are in this movie, name the movie. Um they're all films with a fruit in the title. Perfect. So, uh, <laughs> so first things first, here we go. And 
if you guys i'm going from bottom to top so if you guys okay. know it before i get to like the first build and got i would it. be okay hit it. yell out yell out our name and then the answer got it okay. yeah yeah here we go lily tomlin john lithgow mike white Catherine O'Hara, R.J. Knoll, Kyle Howard, Aaron, Aaron, Orange County, Orange County is correct. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I, I, I like the fruit part. Just I just clicked in my head. It's like, oh, that fruit movies. Uh, yeah, that. <laughs> there you go. <clears throat> I am not gonna get any of these. <laughs> You might, you might get, you might get this next one here. It's okay because he has twenty-seven more to go through. Exactly. Yeah. There's actually there's just four more. Actually, I know one that I will get, and if it's the one that you're thinking I'm gonna get, then we're better friends than I know. <laughs> <laughs> May perhaps. All right. Uh, Audrey Totter. Ruth Buzzy. Harry Morgan. Robert Pine. Hmm. Jack Elam, Elisa Davis, Kenneth Mars, Tim Matheson, oh. Don Knotts, hmm. lastly, Tim Conway. <laughs> it's a fruit movie. <laughs> I can't think 1979. Oh, jeez, I have no idea. Any guess from you, Aaron? The Apple Dumpling Gang. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The Apple Dumpling <laughs> Gang. You bastard. You son of a beezy. All right, next one here. Nailed it. Yeah. Was that a guess? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, I was like, well, what's a fruit movie that's old? That one. <laughs> All right, here we go. This one might be even older. Uh, Zephy Tilbury, Eddie Quinlan, John Qualen, (laughs) O.Z. Whitehead, Russell Simpson, Doris Bowden, Charlie Grapewin, John Carradine, Jane Darwell, Henry Fonda. Oh, Aaron. Aaron. The Grapes of Wrath. The Grapes of Wrath is correct. That is older. <laughs> that is. <laughs> that's, that's, like, older. Like, that's like 40 years older. <laughs> yeah. uh, next one here. Stephen, or J. Stephen Coyle. David Thewlis. Paul Terry. Susan Sarandon, Pete Possewaite, yeah. Miriam Margulis, Joanna Lumley. Oh, Fink. Fink! I finally got one. It's That's James and the Giant Peach. Yes, it oh, is! okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Possewaite, that is a really weird name that I, for some strange reason, remember. Yeah, the the first build here is Simon Callow, who's Grasshopper. Second build is Richard Dreyfuss, Centipede. James of the Giant Peach is correct. Uh, the last one in this game is... Who, who's uh, David Thewlis in that movie? 
David Thewlis plays... The Rhino? <laughs> Earthworm. Earthworm, got it, okay. Yeah, he sounds like one of those cringy guys, right? Please don't eat me, seagulls! Um, Classic Thewlis. Yeah, that was, exactly. That was, that was, Professor Lupin, always, always not wanting to be eaten. Not, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Turning into werewolves on the on the giant peach. Uh, last one in this game here, Amber Heard. Nora Think. Dunn. Think. That's Pineapple Express. That is correct. <laughs> and uh, that was that was the last of that one. So uh, unfortunately, Aaron, you came up. Think you came up strong at the end there, but Aaron, you did win that game there. Apple dumpling game, baby. I know that apple dumpling really uh, really gets you there. Um, and in the second game here, it's a quick uh, Metacritic rating score. Okay. So it's kind of just. Uh, these are all Tom Holland movies, and essentially I'm going to ask you what you think the Metacritic's rating score for one of his movies is. The great news is that his filmography is not that that great not a deep or bench. that long yet, yeah. so you guys probably definitely have seen these scores floating around the last like three years. Right? Okay. I feel like I can so probably name like, all, six, the... all six of his movies or all seven of his movies. <laughs> are we playing Price is Right rules or what? We're not playing Price is Right rules closest to number. Yeah, so this okay. one is a little bit more uh, just like freeform. So the first one here, The Lost City of Z. Aaron Fink, what do you think the Metacritic score for Lost City of Z is? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say 92. Okay. And Aaron Neuwers. It's, so it's pretty high for Metacritic. Um, yeah, I guess I don't know Metacritic numbers very well you you adjust quickly once you play this game let me tell you <laughs> um, <laughs> i think it's well liked i'm gonna say 79 it is 78 Ooh, so Aaron, you ooh. Get that wow if it's well liked it's seven it's high 70s well like i think like the best movies of all time for metacritic have like you know maybe low 90s so it's like it's a weird like the scales okay okay yeah the scale's tricky on metacritic yeah which is why it's, well, it's more interesting so, uh, okay, next one here. Well, take that freebie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm impressed yeah, how close exactly, I got yeah, on that just, 78. Like, geez. he's just trying to get you up there on your pedestal to, to knock you down. <laughs> uh, the next one here, Spider-Man: Homecoming. Aaron Newworth, what do you think the Metacritic score for Homecoming is? Homecoming. Mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna say 71. Okay. And think. Uh, I don't know. 74? Wow. Okay. So because we're not playing Pleasure Dragon, <laughs> because it's 73, 71 okay. is oh two away, and 74 is only one away. So fake, you get that one. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> we're in the right ballpark, guys. We knew what we were talking about with Spider-Man you guys, are, you guys are getting this Metacritic scoring. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if if Lost City is... Uh, yeah, I'm basically basing everything off of what... <laughs> I, I, I told you to learn you to adjust quickly. I said this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. All right. The next one here. The Current War, colon, Director's Cut. And for legal reasons. Oh, right. Mike yeah. um, oh Sam is in this movie. <laughs> yeah, so is uh, what, Nick, Nicholas Holt and... Um... Benedict Cumberbatch, yeah. Benedict Timothy Carlton Cumberbatch, of course, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Aaron Fink, what do you think (laughs) the score for the current war 
2017 is? Uh, God, I don't know. I mean, it's definitely not where we've been. Could you? Is it too much of a of a of a like a hint to ask like what's like what's a fifty? Like, is there? Could you give me an example of that? Like, I, I don't. I have no barometer 50. for that. Okay. Mm, something that's a fifty would be. Let me check it out here. Thor the yeah, Dark World. I'm just curious. <laughs> Thor the Say Dark. Say that one more time. Thor the Dark World. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. That's me guessing. Okay. I don't. I don't. Let me, let me look. Let me look. Let me see what it actually. I mean, like, is. I'm, I'm on. I'm fifty-four. On it's fifty-four percent. So I'm not pretty yeah. close. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like, okay. The a movie we were talking about last week, Boogie, got fifty-four. Um. All right. Um. I guess I'll say like fifty-one then. 51. Okay. And yeah, Aaron, sure. you're. Hmm. Current war. Director's cut. <laughs> Aaron's That's probably, the important part. Yeah. Aaron's <laughs> probably on the right track there. So do I go lower or higher is the answer now. Um, I. It's 51. I'll say 57. It is. 55. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. So, so Aaron, so that's me you get that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, well. But you guys were right about the 50s. <laughs> uh, this next one here. Infinity, Avengers Infinity War. Uh, Aaron Newworth, what do you think Infinity War got? Hmm. 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 I can't do the Avengers theme. It always jumps to some other theme. Uh, because I don't think it's that good. Um, 82. 82, okay. And think... Oh, wow. You said Infinity War? Yeah. Yep. Part one. Um, I don't. Th- I just don't think it's that high, so I guess I'll just say, like, 79. <laughs> Aaron Fink, you win. It's 68. Oh, okay. <laughs> Whoa, what? Yeah. A lot of three out of fives and three and a half out of fives. People were like, not enough dying. <laughs> I mean, I, out of the two, I guess it's not my... It, out of the two and, you know, last two, I, I guess I like Endgame more. I prefer, so. I prefer well, Endgame. I mean, but... you know, yeah, the good news is Endgame's coming up next. So Aaron Newell, what do you think Avengers Endgame? Did you go first <laughs> last time, Aaron? I went first last time, yeah. Okay, Aaron Fink, what, did you, what do you think Avengers Endgame got? Uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's got to be well. It's got to be more than Infinity War, I would assume. So, seventy-one. Seventy-one. Okay, Aaron Newer. God, it's probably gonna be lower too, but I'm still gonna jump higher. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta establish a position where you wanna be. Yeah. Hold the line. <laughs> Um, let's be a dick. Seventy-three. <laughs> <laughs> it is seventy-eight. So a newer. Oh, I was gonna one. go higher too. Oh, okay. Jeez. <laughs> uh, onward, Aaron Newworth. What do you think? Onward got. Onward. Top ten picks. Top top two picks are. Um, oh, I, I said top ten, so I was like, well, that's not a good joke. So let me make it higher. Um, let's see here. <laughs> um, onward. <laughs> Um, uh, 
65. And uh, Aaron Fink, what do you think on the word God? Oh, gosh. 65. Did people like that movie? I think it was, like, okay. Like, I think it was probably more positive than... I'd negative. say it's around to 65. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. What did we? Oh yeah, current war was fifty-five. Is that what? Current war was uh, fifty-five. Yes. Okay. I like where your head's at here. What and what did New Earth say? Sixty-five. Said sixty-five. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I think that people probably liked it more than the current war. <laughs> they probably went in thinking, then, I hope I like this more than the current war. That's what they were saying, going into Onward. But then, it's 65. Didn't we just say Infinity War was 68? We yeah, did say we did. Infinity yeah. War was 68, yes. Ooh, okay, I, I don't. I think it's got to be lower than okay. that, so I guess I'll say 64. 60, I like how you undercut him because you just won that Damn one. It. It's 61. <laughs> <laughs> And the last one, you guys are tied, by the way. The last one here, Far From Home. Oh, my God. Far From Home. Okay. So, Aaron Newer, you're going first this time. No, I, right? I think you went – no, I think you went first last time. I went first last time. Yeah. But what, what, was, think, what, what was Homecoming? Homecoming was 73. Okay. Okay. Okay, uh, so it's me first? Yes, Aaron Fink. What do you think – Spider-Man? and remember, this is for all the marbles here. Yeah. 73 was homecoming? Uh, I'm going to say like 60... 66. I, my 60. instinct says 65, but I'm going to go one higher just because I feel like... <laughs> okay. Aaron Newer, what do you think Spider-Man Homecoming scored on Medicare? As Bill and Ted once said, 69, dude. <laughs> Aaron Newworth, you hit it on the head. It Boom! Oh, <laughs> and with that, you won four to three in the Metacritic uh, on a scale of game Thank for you, Tom Keanu. That Thank one's you, actually pretty fun. Once you can like, once you have something to base it off of, you know. Yeah, Aaron was too good at Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb, so I switched to yeah, Metacritic. That's why I switched to Metacritic. <laughs> I'm too good at the other ones. <laughs> it's like, oh, I, I know how the fans think. Like, what do you guys think the IMDb for Spider-Man: Far From Home is? Oh, probably oh, low, low seven, seven point okay. three four or something like that. Yeah, what do you think that I, it I is? I have no idea. It's 7.5. Boom. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So we can't use the IMDb score anymore. <laughs> I could, I anyway, could, that was I, I could tap into that audience very easily as far as the IMDb goes. Let like, me just be a disgruntled person. Who rates IMDb? I know who. I can figure this out pretty quickly. <laughs> me. It's me. Mario. Well, thanks for those games, Abe. That was fun. Yeah, you're welcome. Let's uh, let's move on now to get some out now feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. So we go over the various questions and answers on our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash now podcast. We asked a number of questions to the listeners, and they gave us some answers here. And here we go. First question is: What are some great films about bank robbers? Chris has Heat, Baby Driver, Point Break, and Reservoir Dogs. Todd has Baby Driver and Bonnie and Clyde. Any movies I got about? One. Yep. yep. Dog Day Afternoon, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a winner. Winner, I, winner, chicken dinner. I would argue that's the best. Um, yeah. I would agree. You know how Jack Black's his baby driver? <laughs> I don't. 
How does he say it? Yeah. He, I don't know. Baby Driver. It's just funny to me. I don't know. Baby Driver. Baby Driver. <laughs> <laughs> um, other bank robbery movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Dog Days is like the quintessential, so it's hard for me. Dog Days pretty good. I'm trying to think of other Inside ones. Man. Like, Inside Man. This ain't no bank robbery. Yeah. I like that one a lot. There yeah. you go. I like that line. My roommate and I said that for like months before the movie came out. <laughs> this ain't no, <laughs> this ain't no bank robbery. robbery. Yeah. All right. I like the movie too. I just like that yeah. line a lot. <laughs> it's a strong. It's a strong. Uh... Uh, edition. It stars Golden Globe talking winner. Talking Denzel. Uh... It's no John Q. Say. <laughs> bang, bang. I am not gonna bury my son. We need to get Aaron Fink to do more impressions. If I had known that you were great at impressions, I would have had an impression game. John Q. I'm putting it for lot, future... Yeah. No, future... future no, that'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> Baby Driver. Or okay, next game. question. <laughs> right. uh, what are some great films about young men going into war? He's got one answer. It's from Chris. He writes Full Metal Jacket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We mentioned on the on the show uh, Jarhead and Bill Lynn's Long Halftime Walk, uh, but I'm going to throw in um, uh, War Horse. War Horse? Mm. War Horse! Uh, there's, of course, Jack Black and Mars Attacks. Um, let's see, what else? Uh, young men going into war. Uh... Probably name like any war movie because they're, they're all fairly young. Yeah. Apocalypse Now, I guess, right? There you hey, go. Larry Larry Fishburn. Elfish. Um, Larry Fish. Larry. Fourteen at the time. He lied. He lied about his age to get in that movie. So he could get work. Yeah. So he could just be in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, I dig it. Getting work is different. Go being like, yes, I do want to go on this nine month trip to. Uh, Cambodia to uh, yeah to Vietnam. Was they where they filmed like Thailand or something? I, but regardless, yeah, it. it's it's a little bit different than I need to pay rent. Then I just gonna I'm gonna go overseas for, for months for this thing. Hey man, I think it worked out. <laughs> Somebody get this man a gun. Um, let's see, Hayden Christensen and Jumper mine. when uh, Jamie Bell goes and says, "Welcome <laughs> to the war." <laughs> that was a line that we had back in like I know you like saying that line a lot. Welcome to the war. <laughs> I'm sorry, Pink, what were you going to say? Oh, I just thought of another good war movie, uh, The Thin Red Line. Thin Red Line, yeah. Great poster. <laughs> it is a good poster. Saving Private Ryan. Yep, Saving Private Ryan. Uh, yeah, Dunkirk. You got two There's Private Ryans in that mm-hmm. one. You got, you got, you have Matt Damon Private Ryan and Nathan Fillion Private Ryan. They're both pretty young in that movie. That's Nathan Fillion is is yeah, Private Ryan. He's the he's the he's the wrong Private Ryan. He's the one where they're like, oh, your brothers are dead. Okay. He's like my brothers because they're like, because like, it's like because they're like babies old. back at home or something. It's, it's like, oh, you mean my brothers are okay? Yeah, I'm sure they're fine. Tom Hanks says before he walks <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> if only they had a photograph of this Private Ryan. <laughs> Yeah, no, Nathan Fillion. He's one of the many, like, wow, there's a lot of people in this movie faces in that yeah, movie. Yeah, that was an everybody movie. Yeah, that was, that was an everybody. Ted Danson, Paul Giamatti, everybody's in that movie. <laughs> right. Next question. Next question is, what are some great films about inept criminals? Todd Libanow has Raising Arizona, A Fish Called Wanda, Quick Change. Chris writes Everything That Todd Said, and Fargo and the Lady Killers. 
That was an inept credible. Um, the, the movie I mentioned from the Russos called Welcome to Collinwood is a mm-hmm. really funny movie. It's a remake of a French heist movie, but it's a very funny film. It has a bunch of people: uh, William H Macy, okay. Sam Rockwell, George Clooney has a small role in it. Uh, Louis Guzman. Yeah. Uh, when you first said it like an hour ago, my brain went to Welcome to Mooseport for whatever. So I was like. Hey, Why is he not naming Ray Romano? You, you know better than this. <laughs> <laughs> Unless I'm talking about Claudia Chance Meatballs, I will never talk about Welcome to Moose Parts. <laughs> but, Got it. Right. But no, I think that's a very uh, funny movie about inept criminals. <laughs> Small-time crooks. There you go. Small-time crooks. Uh, any inept criminals from you, Aaron Fink? Wow. I don't... I'm really drawing a blank on those, honestly. Okay. When you when you uh, yeah. think about it, just shout it out randomly. That's the final part of the segment. <laughs> All righty. Next question we have here. What films tell great romance stories over the course of many years? Oh. Todd Levenow, friend of the oh. show, writes, When Harry Met Sally. And Chris has A Beautiful Mind and The Theory of Everything. Mm. Smart guy movies, huh, Chris? Taj Maori movies, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a that's, that's not a joke <laughs> that joke doesn't exist <laughs> that is specifically for us <laughs> great romance stories over many a time to the whistling of the theme song like it's just such a specific moment <laughs> uh, great romance stories over many years what else? What am I not thinking? I of? mean, like the Notebook. Sure. Yeah, that takes a place over like the course of About twenty time. years, yeah. fifty years. Uh, I guess it is an atonement over a long period of time Oof. too. Yeah, that one makes me sad. It's got everything. Yeah. It's got kids, Dunkirk, and uh, horrible tragedies. So you know everything's going on. Yeah. <laughs> and you know uh, some 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 of uh, the future's greatest actors. Little Women. There you go. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that, that's another tiny search of Ronin. All right. Uh, what are some films featuring intense visual direction? Chris has Amelie and Life of Pi. Whatever Inarritu's uh, and... doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would also say what other guests, whatever Gaspar No is doing. Oh yeah, yeah. Any oh, Gaspar yeah. No film. Uh, all uh, Natural Born Killers. There. <laughs> there's my. There's my answer. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Oliver's known in general, but Natural Born Killers. That's a lot. Uh, yeah. Sometimes Nolan. Sometimes Nolan movies, you know? He tends to do some fun stuff. Inse- Inception's a pretty intense visually directed movie. It's, it's, yeah. It's got all the uh, you're one of your favorites, Mr. New Earth, City of God, I would argue. Oh, yeah. Very, yeah. very visually stylish. Yeah. That's a co directed film. I never remember the name of the, the other director. Uh, Abe Mula. Yeah, it's a... Oh, yeah. yeah. Katia Lund. There it is. Kat, yeah, Katia Lund. There you go. Because it was nominated for Best Director. That's always, I always keep it in mind. Because, you know, there's so few female directors nominated for an Academy Award. <laughs> so it's like... Yeah. Um, all right. Abe, did you have any? Uh, no, not on top of my head. All right. Uh, last question we have here. What are some great films that follow characters to their rock bottom? People just flung to this question, apparently, for some reason, because we got the most answers here. Really resonates. Yeah, characters at their rock bottom. Chris writes Requiem for a Dream and Leaving Las Vegas. Todd writes The Jerk, which is a hilarious answer. (laughs) Uh, Farron writes Fargo and Falling Down. 
Scott Mendelson, friend of the show, writes Avengers Infinity War, question mark, which I feel like Endgame is more of them at their rock bottom, but okay. Um, and Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. <laughs> I guess. John Connor, need, He's John off the Connor map. needs those drugs, man. He's off the map, yeah. Did you shoot me with a paintball gun? Uh, Brandon <laughs> Peters, friend of the show, writes Shame. Mm. Uh, answer. Uh, Joe writes Whiplash. And Jim Dietz, friend of the show, writes Barfly. Hmm. A lot of good answers for this question. <laughs> a lot of rock bottom. A lot of good answers for the rock bottom question. Yeah. Yeah. Recent ones that come to mind would be like Joker. <laughs> Joker? Yeah. Is, would Uncut Gems be rock bottom or top of the world? Or is it both at once? I think it's both. <laughs> but then I think it ends up being both by the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Definitely ultimately like rock bottom at the end. Uh, I'm going to throw in the other guys. Because <laughs> The Rock fell to the bottom in that movie. That's very literal. But, uh, <laughs> you can't see it, but I'm just looking at the camera office style and smiling. The Rock and Sam Jackson. Yeah. They aim, aim for the bush. bushes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, Ron Burgundy eventually finds his way to rock bottom in Anchorman. So he does. He's, he's in a finally, case And then he gets his way back. Yeah. Um, that bear. I feel like most gambler movies have that, like the the gambler, the gambler with uh, with, uh, with James, the, the original of James Caan. He's yeah, at sure. rock bottom. Mississippi uh, Grind. Uh, Mississippi uh, Grind is that's a good movie for one thing. That's a that's a solid film. Uh, I don't know if they did they, solid poster. Did they hit? I don't know if they hit. They like they skirt because that's the nature of gambling. Well, movies, I guess. he's that's trying like, to like get Ben Mendelsohn, who is more rock bottom than he is, right? Well, so they're like, just hey, yeah, yeah, um. There are some other ones because this is good. I like this question. I'm trying to think of there's some other ones that are just like people that are just done and <laughs> just at the bottom. Um, like I feel, I feel like Jeff Bridges has played rock bottom characters. Uh, I'm trying to identify like a movie. Like I don't know if Lebowski's rock bottom, but he's certainly like. Oh, he's living his best life. He's living his best being, life, I guess. But yeah, it's, being like super cash. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Jeff Bridges movies. Um, blown away. He, you know, he shoots, into away. A, he shoots into a pool. In that Arlington movie. Road. Rock bottom. <laughs> crazy uh, art. He, he, crazy art. Kind hey, of. Yeah, I mean, he's in, a, he's in a mood. Um, Fisher King. There's some rock bottom elements there as far as, you know, where Robin Williams is in that movie. And then Jeff Bridges, you know, mentally is like, oh, I did a, did a bad thing. <laughs> I don't know. I did a bad thing. <laughs> Rock bottom, rock bottom. I mean, I guess like a, like Ed Norton in American History X. Yeah. Another a better prison movie or reform movie than uh, than Cherry. Yeah. Very true. Hey man, I learned a lot about myself in prison. Not everything is uh, black and white. Bruce Willis at the beginning of Die Hard of a Vengeance, where he's suspended from the police force. <laughs> I want your gun in your badge. Uh, all right, I think we nailed this one. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, with that said, that's going to do it for this week's episode about Now Theron and Abe. Uh, you can find more of my work at the, my personal blog, thecodezeek.com. Everything I do ends up over there. I'm also writing reviews at We Live Entertainment and Why Is the Blue. And I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe? You can find more fun stuff over my Instagram, abe.moo, and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Hashtag, I'm going to, what's the university she she's going to go to? Toronto? Toronto, yeah. Is it Toronto? I'm going to Toronto. Hashtag I'm going, I'm going to, Toronto. to Toronto. Yeah. Aaron Fink, anything you want to plug? 
Uh, well, I guess I I review movies sometimes on Letterboxd, so if you just want to go find me there, full name, Aaron Fink. Um, I'm also on Clubhouse, uh, at Aaron Evan Fink, and sometimes talk about movies and TV up there also, so would love to see you guys. Yeah, dig it. Cool. Uh, all right, and, um... You can find all the other episodes of our podcast at uh, iTunes, Audioboom, Spotify, and Stitcher. Feel free to email us at outnotpodcast at gmail.com. Or facebook.com slash outnotpodcast or twitter.com slash podcast. And of course our Instagram page, instagram.com slash outnotpodcast as well. Uh, Aaron Fink, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you both for having me. It was fun and lively as always. For sure. Look forward to having you back soon. And um, with that said, next week's episode, next week we're talking, of course, Zack Snyder's Justice League. So be prepared dun, dun, dun. for that. Get your four hours of time ready to be sure you're prepared for us talking about that movie. Uh, but <laughs> that's going to do it for now, though. So until next time, so long. And goodbye. <laughs>